Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. It's Friday, and you know what that means. Another conversation with a collector. That matters. I got my man Kyle back on the pod from the Wax Museum podcast. This time we're talking about team collecting. He has quite the Pacers collection. I was thinking about it and I said, you know what? I haven't really heard anyone talk about team collecting in a while. So we're bringing you that episode. If you like what I'm doing over here, hit that subscribe button. Leave me a review. How are y'all doing today? Friday as this goes live. Let's go and kick it to the conversation. What is up? Everybody, welcome back. I am excited for this conversation. I am joined by fellow Pacers fan, fellow Colts fan. I got my man Kyle from the Wax Museum podcast back on the pod. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Brett. It's good to be talking to you. And the last time we talked wasn't that long ago, but there were, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000 people around us. So um, not quite the same setting. So it's good to have uh, a little more focus here. Yeah. And it was, uh, yes. W- so Kyle's referencing the national, if you couldn't figure that out. Um, and it was, it, I, we, when we got together, it was Friday um, morning, beginning of the show, no agenda, no plans. And we, you know, chatted and we were kind of digging around, walking around for a while. And then it's like, it was like I went to the bathroom and then like the madness happened. It's, and I feel like that's how it was at the National. You spend like a few minutes with someone that you connect with online and then you like vanish and maybe you see him again or maybe you don't. I was listening to one of your episodes. I feel like you had a lot of kind of like hit and runs with certain a bunch of different people. Was that the case? Yeah. And and I had a few people. I actually felt bad because I had a few people I was trying to like tag along with. Like I wanted to hang out, but it's hard on the national floor. It's just not like a hangout setting because, you know, the two people are not going to have the exact same interests and they're going to get pulled to different booths. And uh, it, as you saw, when when we connected for a very short time, we were talking wrestling, we were talking Peyton, and then you were gone and I was gone. So I don't know what happened, but yeah, it's it's chaotic. So the one part that I think I followed everyone's content after the show, listening to your show, and I think the thing that I appreciated the most out of your national experience that you delivered outside of the Taco Bell story, which uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it was destiny that Taco Bell was right near your hotel. Was Can I ask what the Taco Bell order was? Yeah, so I got a uh, steak quesadilla meal with a, uh, I believe I got a soft taco and then of course a large Mountain Dew with that. And it was delicious. And it, and the quesadilla was cooked right. You know, that doesn't happen locally all the time. So, you know, it was just, it was meant to be, it was a good way to close out the weekend. So the steak quesadilla, we've never talked about Taco Bell together, but that's number one on my list. And to me, like the qualifier of a good quesadilla are two things. It's cooked right. And the, the cuts of the when when the, when the quesadilla is cut, if you get it, you know that what a good cut is, and it's like okay, it's cut great. I can dunk this. I can put you know fire sauce on it or whatever. But 
sometimes it's just like a half-assed and it's not yes. cut and it just goes everywhere. You know what I'm talking about, like right? This, this Rosemont quesadilla was, was top-notch, was top quality. The cuts were excellent. We're not going to talk about the cuts of meat. We're not going to argue if it's real steak or not. If it tastes good, it tastes good. Excellent. Excellent quesadilla. Yes, uh, that's good to hear. Um, Taco besides- Bell, sponsor me, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, if anyone out there has any connection with Taco Bell, don't sponsor Stacking Slabs. Go reach out to Kyle at Wax Museum Podcast and go reach out to him and because he is the number one Taco Bell supporter. Just listen to the podcast. I want some Taco Bell right now as we're talking about it. Um, but the thing that impressed me the most was not the Taco Bell, but then when you got home and you recorded and you just had to put your stuff on YouTube, like you posted that and you said when you did it. And I was like, man, like this guy just went through the gauntlet at the national. He came home and all you wanted to do was share stories about the cards that you picked up. Like talk, to walk me through that in your mind. Like, were you just on such a high? You just had to create some content. What was it? Okay, a couple reasons here. So yes, I did want to share. Uh, you you make me sound more uh, friendly and and more uh, accommodating than I probably am. I also, when I'm unpacking, like certain cards have to be because at the start of the summer I went through this whole organization kick. So like if I get a card and it's like scan worthy, so I do get some that aren't. But if I get a card that's scan worthy, it's got to go on the desk in a stack and then it gets scanned. And then it goes to the appropriate box. So when I'm unpacking for the national, I'm, you saw the amount of cards I had. And, and granted, it's because I bought a lot of little stuff. I love little stuff. So I had all of these stacks on my desk. And, you know, I wasn't, I was like, I was tired, but not sleepy. So I'm like, I got to, I got to get through these stacks, but I want to show this stuff off. So let me, let me do it all in order here. So that's what I did. I probably said the 2 a.m. thing because at one point I think I was just kind of slurring my words. So I'm like, this is kind of my informal disclaimer. If I say something stupid or confuse someone's name, that's why. Uh, so something that I picked up on that I think I've certainly noticed. Um, and by the way, the topic of today, we're going to we'll, we'll get there eventually, but we're going to talk about team collecting. I had Kyle on the show to talk about team collecting. He's a Pacers fan, has a great team collection. We're going to get there. But the the thing that I just been listening to your content and um, chatting with you, the, you called it out. You, you like li- a lot of little stuff, which I think is, that's kind of how like my mind said it. Like I want, I want that feeling of those mail days. I want those cards that represent different moments in time. And I think so much of the hobby is focused in on these like, big headline grabbing cards um and the chase to go get those cards but you're kind of sitting over here and you're just like you know what like i just kind of want to get this like you know tj leaf like laundry <laughs> laundry tag like that kind of stuff like have you always been that way like what's your mindset when you're you're kind of like buying a bunch of little cards well i'm i'm a collector so it's like if i can have more of something you know i'm the guy actually i'll, I'll tell you this uh, side side conversation here. I just got a uh, I replaced my car. Okay, my new car does not have a CD player. I'm that guy that was still getting physical CDs because I like to have something physical that represents what I'm collecting. Um, so now I got a bag of CDs sitting here right by me, 
that I can't do anything with. And, and, you know, everyone's telling me, well, you can convert them and put them on this and that. I know I've been doing that for 20 years, but I like to have something physical. So the same thing with cards, like if I have, if I'm on this collecting journey and this is nothing against people that consolidate because in, in fact, I envy them in certain ways, but if I only have one big card to show for it, you, you, I can only photograph that so many times. I can only show that to people so many times. And there are people out there that like that. Like, I'm not going to call them out, but there, are, there's, there's one guy that has like two RPAs of the same guy and like over every, and over, every post of his is the two <laughs> RPAs and like, cool, we get it. But you know, don't, aren't you going to get some of the chronicles too? Like, it's just, I don't know. I like to have more stuff and I think I can connect to more people. I can connect to more players that way. I don't know if that's a, a, a focused answer, but maybe that explains why I have so much. Yeah, no. And I think there's just like something in, innate about many of us that as collectors, we, we just want things that represent moments in time. And, you know, I, I, I find myself like at this point where I'm, I'm in pretty like carved out lanes and I'm focused and I feel good about what I'm collecting. But now like my, my point is, it's like when I do want to go buy something else, I look at my like collection and I can't like bring myself to like getting rid of some of these cards, most of these cards that I currently have. And I don't know, like you've been at this a lot longer than I have. Like, does that change over time? Is there an evolution there? Like, do you sell how do you manage your, like what you you collect and buy? And then I know you kind of set up at shows, but like, how do you manage that? It is kind of a cycle because I've got a box of stuff that maybe doesn't fit my PC so well, but it's my PC just because I like it. But after a while, when I sell some stuff at the show or when I get new stuff in, I go through that box again and it's like, all right, maybe this card has outlived its welcome here. Or actually the national was great for me. You know how many uh, bubble mailers I've got in the mail since the national? I think zero, because I realized there were some monster. Like I said, I wasn't going to consolidate. There were some monster cards that I wanted at the national, and it's like it kind of gave me perspective. I showed you before I left for national. I bought like a faded Joe Dumars rookie. I bought a Tyreek Evans custom card that somebody made. So like I was buying all this stuff, and then. Um, you go to something like the national, I think it, it, it gives you a new perspective and, and we just need events like that. So maybe, maybe for you, Brett, you know, you've collected Peyton, you've collected Philip rivers, you've collected Carson Wentz. I'm going to guess you got some Jacob Easton too. I actually, I actually, <laughs> I, I actually don't. I'm the guy right now with Eason telling everyone who DMs me to don't put your money in there, right? Like the price of that, like, don't, just don't do it. I know you want to, but don't do it. So, so you got all those guys. I mean, at some point you are kind of developing a, um, a hierarchy or like a pyramid. Like I had, um, Alex Connell collection on my show. He had his pyramid. Somebody asked me about my pyramid. I said, well, I don't have one. Yes, I do. I went through and said, yeah, these are actually, I could put things that I really like into four categories. Brett, I think you maybe you're not a Colts collector just yet. You're a Colts quarterback collector, guaranteed. Go get some Jim Sorgi. Go get some uh, Curtis Painter. Oh and, god! And there you go. I have. I will admit that it's you start off like when you get back in and it's so broad and you're trying to figure out. At the end of the day, like for me, it's like when cards come. I I just want them to make me happy and I want them to tie back to certain memories. 
And yes, I have, I have observed this Colts quarterback uh, lineage that I have. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to fill in the gaps there with like, you know, painter Brissett. you didn't even mention Kerry Collins. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have, I have a Jacoby Brissett prism gold number seven out of 10 Jersey numbered. I really like that card. Uh, but to me that represents, and it's kind of the same way I collect Pacers. It represents that era of Colts history, which is, you know, a, a pretty big transition time. Uh, who who was your first Colts quarterback? Was it Jeff George or was it Jim Harbaugh? Uh, Jeff George. Jeff George. Okay, so you you started watching a little bit before I did, but you got to get something from each one of them. You know what? This is why I don't like talking to you, Kyle, because I'm going to be hitting eBay looking for freaking Jeff George well, cards. I don't get it. I feel like if I talk about football on my show, then I'm off brand and I can't do it. So I come here and sabotage our conversation. <laughs> You know, the thing I, that my, the Jeff George, my relationship with Jeff George was um, <laughs> watching the games with my dad and my dad just being like, this guy sucks. Like he's always out for himself, blah, blah, blah. And we'd watch the games and the only time the Colts were putrid in the early days of my life. Yeah. And the only points we would get were from Thanks, a Dean John B- Elway. Yeah. Thank you, John Elway. Uh, everyone. Actually, I want to shout out my wife. Uh, when we were watching the Peyton induction, they showed Elway and Caitlin just said, boo, Elway. And I was like, all right. <laughs> there <laughs> all right. we go. But uh, Dean Biasucci was the field goal kicker, and he was the only guy who could score. So maybe I don't need a Jeff George card. I need a Dean Biasucci card because it was the first. It would signify the first points I ever saw as a Colt. I'm, I'm trying to look out for Colts prism golds right now. I don't collect a lot of Colts, but I do try and grab prism golds. Although now people want like $40 for Jack Doyle, but <laughs> I got so uh, sappy the first game that Adam Vinatieri was not there that I bought a Vinatieri gold for $30. Oh man. And so now I'm like, okay, I got to, let me get all the Colts if they're on eBay now for cheap. And then that way during the season, I can control myself and, and buy Pacers, which are my main collection, which is at the top of my pyramid. Yeah. Colts are a couple tiers down, many tiers down, but they're still there. Yeah, we're going to talk. I want to, for people who don't know, maybe describe the conversation, just like the high notes of what the pyramid is and the structure and where it came from. Because I thought that when I heard that on the show, I was like, you know what? That's interesting. And it also led me to sending him a um gold prism uh matt bonner card and he said hey like you're like the 20th person who sent me this today (laughs) (laughs) so all right so shout out alex connell collection i think there's an underscore in there somewhere but he so he came on my show he's a miami heat collector he's a d wade collector unfortunately but um he's got this tier this pyramid where you know i and i don't even remember who all's at the top but it's like all right he prioritizes Dwayne wade and then there's like Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain. Right. And he, he recently put Russell in there, which I said he should have done a while ago. He put Russell in there. The, the fourth tier is funny. Cause it's like Jordan, Carmelo, Tyler hero, <laughs> somebody else. But to him, those are players that are equal in significance and importance. And that's what matters. It's not about the fact that Tyler hero um, is declining. It's about the fact that you know, he has some connection with Tyler Hero as a Heat fan and that finals run that they went on. Um, and so he's going to put him on the same level of collecting cards as Jordan for him. So he's got all his levels. So that's, I kind of try to do that, but it's tough. 
it is tough, but I think the punchline of that structure is that it organizes the way you buy things around what's significant to you and not what's significant to the market. And we were talking about this uh, just in DMs for a while. Like, honestly, like I've gotten some pretty damn cool cards this year. Um, like I'm talking like cool Peyton cards and stuff that like, I'd never thought I would get at this point, but like the car that like one of the, if I, if someone were to ask me like, what's your favorite card that you got this year? Like, I don't know if it'd be my favorite, but like one that would stand out in that conversation to me would be when I finally was able to get the prism gold rivers from last mm-hmm. year. I, it was a card I'd been chasing last year sucked the Colts. Like I had no idea what to expect. Rivers came in there, got us to the playoffs. And it was like, it was just like that seat last season to me, like meant so much. And like rivers mm-hmm. meant a lot for that season. I was like, I just got to get that card. And so I think that's important. And that's just like a, I don't know if that's a collecting thing, like collectors think that way or whatever, but um, that's just something like the more that I just buy for myself and not for what other people want or need, like the more enjoyment I'm having in the hobby. So, so what, what really uh, makes things go around? If, and I don't even know, I don't, so I don't know. I'm going to disclaimer here. I'm not a football card expert. So I'm going to say you collect galactics. I know that's not like your main thing. You're into galactics or maybe kabooms. You've talked about a kaboom before, I think a Kyler kaboom, maybe. So you like kabooms, you like Colts quarterbacks, you know, you like, let's say you like gold cards. So let's say if there was a gold kaboom of Andrew Luck, which there might or might not be. And if you found that, and that you found something that fit three tiers of your pyramid, that's something you overpay for. And that's kind of the way I, that's how I can justify if there's one card I'm going to overpay for, which I did recently. It was a Reggie Miller NBA finals patch. It's like, look, I collect Reggie Miller. I collect NBA finals game worn. I collect rare Pacers pieces. I collect pieces that help narrate the history of the game that fit four tiers of my pyramid. That's an overpay. But, and, and I wrestled with it for a while and I'm like, stop. Okay, this is you're just going to get this card or go some other cards because this is a card you really want. I love that. Um, and just the justification and the zooming out and thinking about the cards that you like and you collect, like for me, like you, you mentioned the galactic, you mentioned the kaboom, you mentioned the gold. Like I like shiny cards. It's like mm-hmm. I, I would rather have like a 2010 Peyton Manning chrome, shiny color, whatever than I would maybe some of his rookie cards just because right. I, that aesthetic to me, like I, I, that's what I like. And I know it might not be as significant as like one of his rookie cards when he looks like he's, you know, you know, 19 years old and, you know, he looks like a kid, but like, to me, like, I don't know, I need the shine. The shine makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So you, what, you what, picked one up. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off here. No, you picked one up. Is it called award winners? Or, or ring of honor, something like oh, that. ring of honor. Yeah. Ring okay. of honor. So, so, and this is not a slight on you at all. I know this is going to sound, <laughs> I'm coming on your show and just <laughs> dumping on you here, but I saw that card on your profile and I'm like, that doesn't appeal to me at all. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I like Peyton, but that's not something that resonates with me, but that's something it, it had some significance to you. It's shiny. It's Peyton. Um, just the whole I numbered. Guess the ring of honor theme numbered. Right. So it, it's good that those things are out there. And that's what makes team collecting fun too, is, you know, we can be team collectors. And, and even you've seen with, with vintage Pacers and myself, I had him on my Shout show. out Steve. Oh, shout out Steve, right? We collect different Pacers stuff and that's kind of cool. And we're both Pacers team collectors. So it, you know, it works. 
So, so before we get into the Pacers team collecting, I was just trading uh, DMs actually with Steve before we 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 got on here. Um, uh, we were talking about the card store we both frequent at. I haven't been in a while, but um, if you're ever in Greenwood, Indiana, go check out Lenny at KNL Cards. Uh, he'll treat you right. Um, but talk to me. You mentioned it when you were talking about the Reggie card, but like, what are those qualities in cards that you're? I know you're a big game worn, you're a big patch guy. Like, what are those? What are those like top like attributes in cards that you look for? Yeah, I like. Um, I've gotten to the point where I have so many like Pacers little patch cards, like little pieces of patches where they're really, even though every patch is different, they all look the same, if that makes sense. And um, so it's like, I want something that's unique, that's obscure. And and for the longest time, the Pacers had the same uniforms. It seems like they keep them for a decade or longer. So I want something that sticks out. Like I have a Glenn Robinson, the third which I probably set the record for a Glenn Robinson, the third card. It's a tag from his Hickory shorts. It's a one-on-one. And it's like, all right, that's something that I have to have. What right? product's that in? It was from uh, Panini, I think, Cornerstones okay. or Grand Reserve. They they call it, they changed the name in uh, one of the years, but I think it's Grand, it Grand Reserve that year. And they made a Hickory set. Uh, the Pacers shorts pieces are numbered to 39. And then there's one prime card, which is that tag, that big giant, they were with Adidas in that big giant Adidas tag. So I'm looking for something that is different, something that sticks out to me Um, or jumbo patches. I just like big pieces because I I feel like it's a connection to the player. And for the longest time, I, I shied away from certified autograph cards because I used to go get autographs. Like I can get that myself. I can't get uh, this is gonna. I can't get the shorts tag, right? That would be. There's just some logistics issues there. So I, I want something that um, sticks out. Yeah. Um, what? Bef- okay. I. Pr- this is the last one before we get into the the topic. I, we're gonna just scratching the surface here. Something that you do that I find interesting. I don't know if you still do it, but you've talked about it in the podcast. But you like to buy patches and then trade try to trace them back to actual like games that they that the, the like the jersey or patch was worn is that isn't that something you, you've done in the past it is i can't do it with very many cards because it's just the the clues are not there but like if you find a big piece of a tag that's got part of a date written on it like maybe you can see the the month that that tag was worn and you can see it's from a you you see a bit of a navy jersey so then like you can go to that month let's say they played 15 games you see the navy jersey all right so cancel out all the used to be home games now they switch the way they do it nike ruined everything for this pursuit but so then you could switch out half the game then you could kind of narrow things down from there i had one a couple years ago it was a mark jackson where there was a bunch of loose threads on the patches so then I found the jersey that sold at Heritage Auctions because they buy they buy the old veteran jerseys there for like four or five hundred bucks, uh, really cheap. That's why they like guys like that, Panini, I should say. And um, well, they happened to photo match that Heritage jersey to a specific game. So once I once I saw that yes, this, these Panini cards were from the Heritage jersey. I looked at the patches and then the game photos, 
And I was able to confirm that, yes, I also believe it's from that game because of the loose threads. It's not for everyone. It's very time consuming. It's like a stress reliever for me. I know people are like, that seems kind of pointless, but it's like a little, it's like an escape room or like a little puzzle for me. But you, there has to be other people are like who are interested in that information or who do the same thing that you connect with because you're both all doing the same thing, right? Yeah, I, I haven't seen as much of it. I'm a little obsessive about it, but uh, if you're out there and you do that, uh, reach out to me so I don't feel so alone. But <laughs> but yeah, there are other people that do it, and and there are other people that have. I had someone the other day that said, "Hey, can you tell me?" some other sets that have game dated materials. And I, I reluctantly did because I don't like to withhold information, but at the same time, I basically told them, well, now I told you all the sets you're going to bid against me on. <laughs> I, I, um, I, it's always that dreaded question when someone asks you something and then they say, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. Right. Then- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So team collecting, we're finally getting there. Um, you know, I, I wanted to have you on the show because when I thought of Team Collector, I thought of you. Maybe it's because I listen to your podcast every week and you're always talking about Pacers cards. But to me, Team Collecting isn't something... It certainly doesn't seem to be like the uh, sexy or cool thing in the hobby. Like, I really don't know or see too many people that are like hardcore Team Collectors, but I know you are. So maybe like, just setting the stage for the conversation. Like ever since you've been collecting cards, have you always just been like a, I'm going to buy Pacers cards or like, what's your kind of, what's your story there? Yeah, pretty much. And and I think just going back real quick, you said you don't see a lot of team collectors. I think uh, the league is not really marketed around teams, even though we have the Lakers, like you don't, you really, when we say the Lakers, we mean LeBron. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not anti LeBron. The league is marketed around stars that's gone all the way back to Bird and Magic, uh, David Stern. In fact, that's how he, you know, the league flourished is because of that. So it, it's more normal for people to be player collectors. Um, but I like the team collecting because, you know, it, it kind of, it, it's so nostalgic for me. And, it, and I can, you know, I can tell you different points in my life based off of Pacers seasons. So it kind of, in a way, it helps me narrate and keep my own life straight. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I branched off and I've said, well, I'm a, I'm a Ron Artest collector, which, you know, I, I do consider myself that. And then when he got suspended, which, you know, by the time this comes out, the, the brawl documentary will be a big deal. Um, then I said, I'm a David Harrison collector. And, uh, and then, you know, it evolved into, well, I'm now I'm, a you know, those players came and went and it's like, well, maybe I'm a Pacers collector because along the way I've been as accumulating all this stuff. So I like, I I've, I've gotten better with it. The the player collecting is obsessive to where you, you know, a lot of people feel like they have to have every card of a player. It's a lot harder now in the Panini era. The team collecting allows for me to collect cards across different, you know, inserts, patches, autographs, rookies, veterans, you know, all of these different types of cards and I can be selective. So instead of having every Goga Bataze RPA, I can just say, you know what? I don't like the National Treasures as much as I like the Immaculate. So, and I only want to buy one Goga RPA. So I'm not spending too much of my Pacers budget on Goga. So that, and that's what I do. And, and I've 
you know, it's taken me a while to get to that point, but it's, it's a lot more satisfying for me. Yeah. And I just, I think about, I like what you said there about the, the way the league is marketed. Um, I had never thought about that, but that makes a ton of sense. Um, I think about it from the, just being the seat of the collector and just my growing, I guess, Colts collection that I have where I maybe start to be blurring the lines. That's the first time that you've said your Colts collection, I think. So I, I like where this is going. Well, you, you know, when I've been hanging on to some Paris Campbell cards in my collection and he's never really played much that I might have something brewing over here. It, it's like, when, it's when you, you latch onto the scrub. So Paris Campbell, there's still this, this optimism about him, right? <laughs> so, so the question, and I asked Brett this question, uh, before we started recording, I said, if you saw a Philip Dorsett gold vinyl for $30, would you buy it? And Brett, what did you say? You, you, you actually, <laughs> you actually asked me about, uh, Fountain, not Dorsett. Oh, Fountain. Yeah. Sorry. One in the same, one in the same at this point. But, but so, I, I, you, the, the, the sick twisted thing in my head would be, I would grab the door set and it probably wouldn't be because I love Philip Dorsett as a Colts player. I was actually quite pissed off when, uh, Grigson drafted him in the first round, but we traded Dorsett straight up for Jacoby Brissett. So like there would be the, okay there would be that story there where I could at least like, but then I would have to go then in turn, get the companion piece of a Jacoby Brissett, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I saw, and I shouldn't, this is why I don't look at Colts cards because I saw a card I kind of wanted yesterday. It was a dual like jumbo laundry tag booklet of Andrew Luck and um, Richardson, the, <laughs> the running back. Yeah. Uh, Trent. Trent. Yes. Trent Richardson. And I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. Like I hated Trent Richardson, <laughs> but just because that's a, a segment of Colts history, I, I kind of wanted it. So I completely derailed where you were going. No, that, no, but. no. What no, what I was what I was saying was just like we we um you know we spend so much of our time and in many cases money on these teams. Like you watch every Pacers game and you know, to me, I, I like associate like my time spent as a fan to my time spent collecting. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just like, it, it seems like if we're sitting here watching our teams all the time, doesn't it just make sense to collect our teams? It, it doesn't right. seem like the hobby operates that way. Right. So you've got uh, a little one on the way. Yeah. Right. Do you, uh, do you know the, well, it does, gender doesn't even matter. Okay. So let's say you want to narrate to the little one you want to narrate Colts history. What's the, what's the easiest way to do that? Cards cards. There you go. I saw, and not to, I'm bringing Steve back into this vintage Pacers. I saw his son. You ought to forgive me. I forget his son's name. Lucas, I think is his son's name. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but I saw him holding up a Reggie Miller card and Steve was teaching him about Reggie Miller. That's important. It is important. And I, um, I don't know. So my mindset when I first got back into cards was so like it, I got caught up in the um, let me let me grab the, this guy, even though he's not on my team, because I kind of like him. And I think he's going to like he's that young Ravens he's, player. Y- yeah, he, he's really young. That you were grabbing. 
uh, <laughs> Marquise Brown. Yes. Yeah. Talk about regrets. <laughs> I, saw, I sold everything for like maybe a quarter of what I bought it for. <laughs> I, I can laugh just be, because I you know I I feel for you, but I remember listening to those episodes. It was a journey for me too, listening to your Marquise Brown your, your journey. We all go through, you know, and but like my speculation at the time was like, oh, like people are paying five hundred dollars for a, a Gary Trent Jr. silver prism. <laughs> like I'm gonna go buy some football cards for you know a couple bucks a pop. Like, and these football is gonna turn out to be like fantasy football. Well, it turned out it, it didn't. And I learned a lot, but I think like going through all those experiences and buying all these Kai's that I absolutely don't care about at all. Like kind of going through those, it, it leads you to this moment of being like, all right, I just kind of want to just collect the guys that I'm like sitting here cheering for on, you know, Sundays or Tuesday nights watching the Pacers, you know, that that's when you turn the corner as a Colts collector. And we can call you that now. When you were buying T.Y. Hilton and you and you said, if this doesn't pan out, I'm fine with it because I like T.Y. Hilton and and he's our guy. Right. Don't tell me T.Y. Hilton's declining. He's our guy. <laughs> that's 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 right. And I do. I, I, I do have some nice T.Y. Hilton cards. And to be honest with you, like I'm not looking at the price of those cards every day. I could honestly care less. They just those are those are pieces in my collection that I just need. But then what it does, and I'm sure you go through this, Kyle, is now that I've started on the, I've started with Peyton and then, you know, gone and have some luck. And then, you know, now I got Carson Wentz, like I've got TY. And then all of a sudden it's all these like moments start happening. It's like, holy shit. Like I don't have any Reggie Wayne cards. Like what's wrong mm -hmm. with me? And so then I start to feel guilty. <laughs> then you got to get Marvin and so on. And so on. I told you, I almost bought a, a TY Hilton Reebok logo at the national which he never wore in a game. Uh, <laughs> and that's when I had to look at my pyramid. We go back to the pyramid. Um, are player-worn patches of football a priority on my pyramid? They're not. So I had to tell myself to stop, even though I still kind of want it. I'm like, don't do it. You won't want that in the future. And in that card, we just because I know there's somebody who heard that and it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, he didn't wear that. Well, it's because in 2012, Nike started, you know, doing the apparel for the NFL. So T.Y. Hilton drafted in 2012, never wore Nike, right? Yeah. And this, but this card's from like, I don't know, 2016, 2017. <laughs> They've been cranking those, those logos out for years now. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the one that I think about, uh, this is kind of work, work, this is like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I'm thinking of something right now, <laughs> but like, but talk about the leaf cards that you like with, uh, like the Smiths that you're chasing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the letter cards you're talking yes, about. those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I, I like those. Those are, um, they don't have pictures of the players on them. They don't have pictures of jerseys on them. Uh, the real obscure leaf letter patch that I picked up was a Patrick Ewing Orlando magic nameplate card. Um, <laughs> and, and I absolutely love that. I know people rag on leaf and, and they've made some real dumb looking cards in the past, but, uh, I love that kind of stuff because Panini is not going to give you a, a Patrick Ewing Orlando Magic nameplate card. And if they did, it would be super, it would be stupid expensive. Um, so just the fact that they don't have a license, um, you know, it makes it that much more affordable for me. And I can buy more of them going back to the start where I'm buying more. And that's a Hall of Fame patch and it's unique. So that fits my pyramid. And like you think about stuff like that, and it sounds weird to so many people probably listening, but then 
I think about a guy like Patrick Ewing, and I'm not in like Patrick Ewing collecting circles. I hate Patrick what? Ewing. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can we Hicks versus Knicks. We'll always yeah. feel that way. Um, but there's got it like those. They might seem obscure, but based on like people being Ewing collectors, there's got to be a desire for people who want Patrick Ewing mag- magic stuff in their collections, right? You would think so, but uh, I got it for like forty bucks. So I guess not. Oh man! So so when you're when you're um, collecting like Pacer stuff now, like do you do you have a a list of guys you want? Is it more reactive? Like when stuff pops up, how do you like wrap your hands around all the p- possible choices with cards, sets, parallels, players, all of that? Yeah. So like, let's say um, you mentioned. I think you mentioned TJ Leaf earlier. Um, I don't like TJ Leaf, but um, I like to have a few nice cards of him. So like if I see a Prism Gold, except for the one that's on eBay for like $700, I refuse to even get close to that. Not even 10% of that. Is Um, it his rookie? It's his rookie. Yeah. (laughs) I bought, I have his second year Gold Prism and I just call that a Nate McMillan shadow card because he's in the background. (laughs) But, you know, I try and buy maybe five nice TJ leaf cards over the years that he's on the team. And it's from sets that I like, or like, I never liked Tyreek Evans, but I got a galactic of his for $11. Like, wouldn't you buy, if you saw a galactic at the national for $11, like regardless of player, wouldn't you buy it? So that was, and then there's one from my team. So I, that's why I said, I just go for the, the big, you know, let me get big cards of certain players or cards I hadn't seen before. Like I saw an Al Harrington, Marquise Daniels dual patch the other day. Uh, and I'm like, I got to have that. I got it in the mail and it was hideous. But I was like, that's that's rare. I've, I've never seen that card. And it's been out for over a decade. Marquise Daniels was, was he underrated during his tenure here? Marquise Daniels was an amazing finisher at the rim. I mean, that dude, like he could twist and turn and spin the ball and do whatever that ball was going in, you know, it cost us what we had to give up Austin Crozier for him, but you know, sorry, Austin, uh, Marquise, Marquise was a good pacer, but unfortunately it was just a bad time for pacers basketball. Yeah, it was a very bad time. Um, but the, the Tyreek Evans galactic, maybe share some perspective. I know you're not the type of guy when you're going to a show, like you're not necessarily like, maybe you are looking at showcases and stuff, but you're probably getting your hands dirty and getting some boxes and digging through some stuff. So as a, as a team collector, like you're probably rewarded by going out to shows and doing a little bit of work. Yeah. That's where I find the, um, like I have found three 2013. I've, I've found two of them. I should say two 2013 prison blue Danny Grangers, which they're probably, I think there's about 300 of them. They're not serial numbered. I found two of them in the wild and that was like super rewarding. It's a card that I wouldn't want to pay $4 shipping for. I find it in person. It's a great feeling, right? So imagine going through a whole box and finding a lot of those. Uh, That was kind of my national experience. Um, So yeah, as a team collector, it's great because then I can, if I'm building a binder, I might buy some low end TJ leaf because I'm building a silver binder. So I need all the silver refractor TJ leaf. So I just went against everything I said a minute ago of how I'm only buying five TJ leaves. I do buy the low end stuff. That was a side project I started in the last year. I saw, I saw another team collector, a Boston Celtics collector, two of them, Boston Celtics collector and a nuggets collector. 
they built refractor binders and they had like, here's every year tops Chrome, the refractors for the nuggets. Here's every year for the Celtics. And I was jealous. I said, I wish I had started something like that for the Pacers years ago. Well, guess what? It's not too late. I can go to shows. It gives me something to dig for. So I, I'm, I pivoted a lot in the last couple of years in collecting and um, I'm learning from other team collectors too. And that's what I've done. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can guess the two people that you referenced there. You always say it in one way. Is it as Howie or Shelly? As Howie is how it's actually said, but it's Shelly. It, it wasn't him. Okay. Um, even though I think he might have a binder. He has a Paul Pierce binder, I think, which yeah. no one cares about Paul Pierce. Um, it was, it's, uh, Caleb, I don't know his Instagram name, but he's, he's on Instagram. He's also on Twitter. Um, Celtics fan, Al Jefferson fan. He, he made a video showing his, um, Celtics binder. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. I don't know. I don't know who I saw it from first, but him and the nuggets collector are the ones that mind cycle cards. Yes. Mind cycle (laughs) cards, Ryan. Oh gosh. I spend too much time listening to sports card podcasts and on Instagram to be able to. Uh, so the binder thing, I think, is an interesting avenue for people who might not be team collectors or maybe are listening to this and maybe juices are flowing a little bit and they're thinking about it. Like the binder just allows you to break down like a team collection into maybe a specific segment. And it's just like, you called it a side project. It's just like a little bit of a pursuit and you're trying to, what is it like a refractor run or like a certain right. color in a year? Is that, is that kind so, of the things you've so done? I tried to do silvers for, and I just added tops finest. So I'm way behind on the game. So tops finest and tops Chrome all the way up until prism. And then I did a little bit of select until optic came around because optics better. And then I do prism and optic going forward. So I try to have silver. And it goes back to the narrating. I can flip through that and show you the Pacers from 93 to 2021. Um, and, and, I, and that's a trip down memory lane for me to flip through that binder, not just for the Pacers seasons and the players that were on those Pacers teams, but also the sets of cards that I opened all of those years. Now, the, the only thing is, you know, I could buy all of those on ComC. Like I could, I could go buy every 2020 Pacer Silver Prism for probably less than ten dollars total, but that's not fun, you know. I, I'm trying to do it. Like I've had people tell me, "Hey, I have this refractor, ten dollars shipped." It's like, no, I'm going to pass on that because I'm building this binder. Maybe it might take me four years, but I want to find one at a show for like two or three dollars. So it's, it, I'm playing the long game with that. So um, I'm going to ask you. A question before I well I, I answer this first like what when you're done with a, a collection it, is that like binder goes away and then maybe like just like we look at our cards every now and again like maybe you'll pull out the buyer and look, binder and look at it or is it like closed in a vault somewhere? That's a good question because I haven't finished a lot of projects. I don't finish a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the one set that I finished. Um, w- was a nine-year chase, and that was my 72, 73 uh, signed tops basketball set. And that's in a binder. I do occasionally look at the binder. There's a lot of good memories that go with that. A lot of people expected me to start a new set after that. And I, I said, I'm, I'm worn down. I can't mm-hmm. do that again. So I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, I only, I don't know, you know, I'm definitely not going to start like an Indiana fever binder after that. I don't think, but you know, I don't know what that looks like. Maybe I set up a goal that I'm not going to finish for that reason. So I can keep hunting and keep chasing and there will be new, uh, new silver sets coming out every year. So that's another good component of it. You got to, just because I know the story and for people who maybe haven't heard it, talk about the, the closure of that set. How you cl- the the auto set? Okay, so um, just quick background. I had the crazy idea at one point, probably about this would have been about 2010. I I was um, learning about the ABA, and I was writing to some of these guys in the mail and sending them cards and getting them signed. And after I started with the Pacers, I started with Mel Daniels and and Darnell Hillman and some of those guys. And after a while, I'm like, I got 20 cards from this set. You know, or I have a 25, I have 26. That's 10% of the set. There's 264 cards. So I said, well, maybe I just keep going. Well, I want to learn about, you know, Artis Gilmore. He wasn't a pacer. So I get that one hall of fame rookie. Okay. And then I just kept going and, um, it got real when I bought the Maravich. That's when it got real because I'm like, there's no turning back. Otherwise that was a, that was just a weird thing to purchase. So I bought the Maravich. Uh, fast forward to 2019 and I needed like five cards left. So like one of them showed up on eBay, a couple of them showed up on eBay and it wasn't big names. Like I got Wilt and some of the, the big names early on. It was like, I needed uh Jimmy Walker was one of them. Um, who Jalen Rose's dad, he died in like, I don't know, 2012, 2009, 2012, somewhere around there, but he just wasn't signing cards. And then I needed one guy after that. So I slowly whittled those five down. Willie Sejoiner. Okay. People, I've never seen the, you know, never knew much about the guy. I'm on Twitter one day and the Dropping Dimes Foundation, which is a foundation that's designed to help retired ABA players uh, because they don't have pension. They retweeted this collector named Tim Gallagher, who had posted some of his autographs. And it was like a really obscure guy from the seventies. So I, I messaged him and I'm just like, Hey, you don't know me, but I'm looking for Willie Sejoiner. And, uh, he's like, I think I might have one. And I think it was signed in Cincinnati on this date. And I'm like, no way, no way. (laughs) So I'm like, call me. And, uh, we talked on the phone for like an hour and a half. And, uh, I'm like, before we made the deal, I'm like, hey, come on my show. Let's talk about these cards. Uh, just because I enjoyed, honestly, I enjoyed our phone call so much. And um, he had been, he taught me a lot in that phone call. We had been, you know, collecting for many years, but he saw a lot of these guys in person and I didn't, didn't see any of them play in person. So we had a great phone call. I'm like, hey, come on my show. Cause I like talking to you. And then we made the deal. He was very fair about it. So it, it for me, it wasn't just getting that, Willie Sejoiner card because then like I met up with him at the national this year. We like, we're friends. We text, we, you know, he emails me with questions about cards and and like we've met in person now. And it's like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had anything to do with this guy had I not needed a Willie Sejoiner card. So I tell him I'm always in your debt and we're friends because of Willie Sejoiner, which is kind of crazy. Just another one of those things about the hobby. Yeah, that's a hell of a story. And uh, thanks for sharing it. Um, yeah, I think that's amazing. It's just like the connections that can happen. And 
relationships and sets completed. Is, are there anybody outside of uh, Vintage Pacer or yeah, Vintage Pacers? Is there anyone else that it, like you connect with from like a purely Pacers team collector perspective? There's not a lot of Pacers. I mean, there. I don't want to. I don't want to discredit anyone. There's there are other Pacers collectors out there. Um, they tend to come and go, or they tend to focus on things that I'm not as interested in. So, and, and Steve and I, we've posted on blowout forums in each other's threads for years. So I think it's just, we kind of have that connection and we've never met in person, uh, but he's one of the, I feel like I know him really well. I tried to, I explained that to my wife the other day that I don't know if it worked, but <laughs> we know each other really well. And, um, I'd say he's the only one on that level. Yeah, and I—that's—I I think the point I'm—I'm I'm trying to get to is that you know even if it's just one guy, like I think like collecting a, a specific team allows you the opportunity to like form relationships with maybe somebody that you're competing on cards with, but also somebody that might be helping you out, and then also like you know when season comes and they're playing, it's an opportunity for someone where you can you know bullshit about like what's going wrong with the team or things that you're liking and that sort of thing. And that's, I think that's, what's cool about team collecting it. It affords you the opportunity to just like talk sports with someone who is kind of right there with you, um, you know, cheering for your team. Yeah, definitely. It, it makes the games fun. Um, because you know, when something happens in a game, like, um, you know, let's say Steve just bought a nice Aaron holiday card or something and he gets, you know, I know he's not on the team now, but let's say, you know, if he were to get a DMP or whatever, I might send him a message. I might remind him, you know, Hey, did you see that DMP? Um, or, or, you know, vice versa. If he's, if he buys a Goga card and Goga blocks LeBron, I'll just, you know, message him invest in all caps. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you two questions before we close it out. One is just because I think this would be fun. The Pacers aren't a very hashtag invest type of type of a team. They they just haven't been that way. Um, yeah, don't but, please, everyone out there don't buy Pacers cards, yeah. please. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to put you on the, the market. Who is the who is the most hashtag invest Pacers player there is right now? Ugh. Probably they're probably the uh, Duarte, the the rookie, because there's not a lot of promise in like any of them. I hate to say that, but like TJ Warren has already been hyped to the moon. Oh, yeah. And, and one thing that I love right now is that everyone's getting their TJ Warren slabs back after the bu- they sent him in after the bubble <laughs> and they're just now coming back. And it's like the dude, the dude's had an injured foot for like a year and a half. And, uh, you know, keep trying to sell those tins to me in, in a Phoenix Suns <laughs> uniform. Um, so it can't be TJ Warren. Domas has already been pumped to the moon. Uh, I, so it's got to be somebody young and Pacers aren't great at drafting. So it's got to be our our lottery pick here. It, yeah, I think you're right. The yeah, the, the, what sucks about it, though, is like the chance of like trying to get his like gold prism card at an affordable price. There's it's impossible it happen. So so there is a silver lining to having guys like TJ leave because it's like I have a binder of of, of gold Pacers gold prisms. Um, and if everybody was Paul George, then I wouldn't have it. One hundred percent. I got to I, I do want to just touch on it because you mentioned it. Bubble TJ Warren. I haven't had <laughs> I haven't had that much fun in cheering for the paces in a while. I felt like he was 
like un- I felt like he was unstoppable. Like it was that was like unbelievable, you know. I I had spent <laughs> I had spent two months I think telling my listeners and I don't I don't do the market advice thing, but I was <laughs> trying to like like we had a lot of new people and I was trying to protect them and I'm like stop reactive buying, and then T.J. Warren hits fifty three and I'm like I'm gonna go buy some T.J. Warren cards. <laughs> we 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 I. I I remember sitting at my, maybe it was like, I was at my brother's house or something. I was at someone's house and it was like, maybe the, it was like, can he do it again? And he was like going nuts. 30. Yeah. yeah. He was going, and I like, I was like, all right, I just, I'm gonna like, I remember buying cards on eBay, like aimlessly, just like, cause I was like, (laughs) (laughs) one of my friends that is not a Pacers fan, he texted me at halftime. There was, Whatever game he had, like twenty six at halftime, and he's like, "Hey, I just cleaned out Beckett Marketplace of all the T.J. Warren silvers." And I'm like, "What? You did what?" And then like <laughs> he flipped them all. <laughs> yeah, that that was a, that was a very strange time in the hobby. That's for sure. Um, I'd love for you just like to we, we've talked Pacers, we talked team collecting. You, ever since you talked about that binder of like, you know, going from 93 to present day, throw out a Pacers player. And I feel like I'm pretty in tune with people in the roster over those years. But who is a who is a Pacer that I might have forgotten about? Uh, Malik Seeley. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. I remember yeah. Mal- I remember Malik because he was drafted by us. I'm trying to think. It- it, it would be some, I'll, I'll give you one that did not get a Chrome card with the Pacers, but did get a paper tops card. So he's not technically in that binder. Rasha Nesterovich. Oh remember the Rasha? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that does it, Kyle. <laughs> that was a, that's a beautiful callback. I, I can't wait. I've, I've my best friend in the world. It's a hardcore Pacers guy. And I can't wait once we're done to just, Look up Rasha Nesterovich on the Pacers and set him a screenshot. Or, uh, what was that guy's name? Karelio Frasinko, the big, <laughs> <laughs> that big dude, number forty-four, just massive dude. Oh my goodness! So, Kyle, how about you do this? Lee, Lee, I don't know if it's advice. I don't know what, but like you're a Pacers co- team collector. That team collecting might seem like it's readily available and people should be doing, but might be foreign to many people. Like. Anyone who listened to this crazy conversation who's like, you know what, like, I've got a team, I might be interested in, in, in starting collecting some players here and there, like, what sort of advice would you give anyone after your years of collecting Pacers cards? Prioritize sets that you like, and types of cards that you like. And then that will give you team, team collecting will give you a reason to pursue that. Um, so for instance, there. I was getting into some of the Panini innovation stuff and there's a die cut set. And I'm like, oh, well, look at all these star cards in this die cut set. Well, David West is in that set. That was an instant buy for me. So it it gives you a reason to buy some, (laughs) if you need more of a reason to buy stuff, it gives you a reason to buy stuff from sets that you like. And also it, it gives you options. You need options as a collector. Do not corner yourself in one area. And I know team collecting could be considered an area, but team collecting is pretty broad. So it gives you a lot more choices than just one player or one specific type of cards. Awesome. And then I listen to it every week, but for anyone who might not have checked out your podcast, Wax Museum podcast, maybe like 
how would you describe what you, your show and what you cover on a regular basis? Well, I, I like to say it covers all things basketball cards from past to present to future. That's kind of the, the line that I use in the intro. Um, but really, you know, I say I cover all things. I'm not going to cover as much of the big sales news and, and that kind of stuff. I would rather spend 30 minutes talking to you about, you know, a tops total product that I like or, or something obscure. And I, and I do cover different types of news and different headlines. I like to talk to collectors. Um, I like to talk to to people that um, I think are just smart guys. So, and, and that's kind of what I target. So um, I've actually got an episode. Well, it, it will have aired by the time this one comes out with Justin, AKA 610 Sports Cards. I gave my recap of the national, but I said, you know what? I'm not a dealer. I want to hear from a dealer. Justin, we had an awesome conversation earlier today. So uh, that's the kind of stuff you'll hear on my show. Yes. And I will say I need to have him on this show. And he had my favorite t-shirt of the national. He had a Walter shirt slapping some dude. And I was just like, I knew I liked you. And you're sitting here slanging cards with a Walter t-shirt on. Everyone go check out Kyle's show. It's one of my favorite podcasts in the Hobby Wax Museum. Kyle, thank you so much for talking Pacers, talking team collecting. Colts, we, we cut Taco Bell. We covered a lot of ground here. Thank you, Brett. And, and uh, the most redeeming quality of today is, is Brett referring to himself as a Colts collector. Everyone, that's, that is a new iteration of Brett in the hobby here. And, and I'm here for it. You guys should be too. Thanks for having me on, Brett. You heard it here first. That one was fun. Anytime you can talk about Taco Bell on a sports card podcast, you know you've done something right. Go give Kyle a follow if you haven't already. He's got one of my favorite podcasts in the entire universe. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back with more Stacking Slabs podcast next week. 